Hello everybody and welcome back to the podcast. As always, I just want to say thank you and say I appreciate all of you that are listening. If you like what I do, please follow on the social media, uh, on Instagram, X and such, and even become a follower on Spotify. Uh, It helps uh, tremendously. Uh, If you have a topic that you would like me to discuss or make an episode about please send me a message and i will make that happen let's go today we are going to take a look at a story about one of the most terrifying concerts i have ever heard or not even the concert as it as it plays but how the concert took place and this is a concert that happened during 1944 in Soviet in the Soviet Union during Stalin's reign and what makes this story so terrifying is that this was a concert that had Joseph Stalin's favorite uh, pianist included in it and her name was Maria Judina and she was performing uh, Mozart's piano concerto number 23 in Moscow and uh, her her and the um, symphony orchestra were performing and this concert was played during uh, on the radio and Joseph Stalin heard it and he wanted the recording unfortunately there were no recording on the radio station so they had to make this a thing but before we move on with that particular part of the story we need to take a little bit of a look on why this becomes terrifying and there is no better way to do this than take a look at who Joseph Stalin was for those of you that are not familiar with Joseph Stalin he was the dictator and leader of the Soviet Union from 1924 until his death in 1953. He was born on the 6th of December 1878 and he was actually not born into um, the Russian mainland. He was actually born in Gori, Georgia that at the time was a part of the Russian Empire and this was something that Stalin was I would say bullied for during his uh, rise to power however he um, joined the Marxist uh, Russian Social Democratic Labour Party and he started by editing their party's newspaper called Pravda and he raised funds for Vladimir Vladimir Lenin and his Bolshevik faction and 
Growing up extremely poor, uh, Stalin was not afraid to use excessive force and such to raise funds for his new friends in the um, in the what would become the Communist Party, and he raised money by robbing people, kidnapping people, and extorting them, and well, doing protection racket like a like a mobster. Uh, he did not do this without punishment. He actually spent several times uh, in exile uh, to Siberia as punishment uh, under the Russian law. This would then change in October 1917 when the October Revolution happened in the Russian Empire and the Russian Tsar family was killed and the communists took power. And they created a one-party state and Stalin joined uh, this party and started serving in the Russian Civil Civil War. And uh, he uh, was with uh, the Communist Party when they started like forming the Soviet Union and he assumed leadership over um, the country following uh, Lenin's death in 1924 and one thing actually to point out about when he seized power was that of all the people that was going to take the position after uh, Vladimir Lenin to lead the communists, Stalin was not the one that Lenin actually wanted. But in 1922, Lenin, he had suffered a massive uh, stroke that left him uh, partly paralyzed and he was uh, resting up at um, basically a mansion and his form of uh, communication was actually through Stalin so he uh, was actually trying to get information out to tell the other ones in the communist party that Stalin was not supposed to be the guy that stepped in and took over and you can actually have a part of this in Lenin's testament that you can find online but there's a part in it that is referring Stalin and I'm going I was thinking I was actually going to quote it here so this is from Lenin's testament in 1923 and I quote Stalin is too crude and his defect which is entirely acceptable in our milieu and in relationships among us as communists becomes unacceptable in the position of general secretary. I therefore propose to comrades that they should devise a means of removing him from this job and I should appoint to this job someone else who is distinguished from comrade Stalin in all other respects. Only by the single superior aspect that he should be more tolerant, more polite, and more attentive towards comrades and less capricious.
end of quote. So Lenin did not want Stalin to take over. And this was mainly because of he believed that Stalin was way too cruel to be leading the country. But that's not what happened. When Lenin died, he was succeeded by Stalin. After Stalin, he um, removed everybody else from the positions. And the most famous of these that he removed was a man named Trotsky, who most people at the time thought was going to succeed after Lenin, but Stalin didn't like him, so he outmaneuvered him and forced him into exile. And Trotsky was actually, I believe, he was assassinated later on in another country. If Stalin was the dude that gave the orders for it, it's not 100% proven. But, you know, Stalin was not a good dude, so most likely. What follows now is the time of the rule of the man of iron and that is a reference to Joseph Stalin. He began by implementing po uh, policies that started on the Lenin but he turned them up to 11 and one of those things was the deculization of the uh, prosperous uh, peasants, especially in the Ukraine. And um, this had started under Lenin. In, um, and to understand what a kulak is, is that the kulaks were more or less uh, peasants that owned their own lands and maybe had a couple of people that uh, they employed to work for them. But under the communist rule, these people were seen as the capitalist pigs and they were viewed as something that needed to be um, extinguished because in the path of uh, collectivization and um, the communist way, the Kulaks and everybody that owned property needed to go. So. Deculicization started under Lenin, but Stalin, he turned that up to 11. Because in 1929, on the 27th of December, he announced what is today known as the liquidation of the Kulaks as a class. And he had been quoted by saying, now we have the opportunity to carry out and resolute a resolute offensive against the kulaks to break the resistance eliminate eliminate them as a class and replace their production with the production of kolkosis and svokosis and what those two are is um, a form of collectivization and of farms so the farms then belong to the government. And Stalin, he um, assigned all kulaks to one of three categories. And the first category was, uh, if you got this distinction, those to be, to be shot or imprisoned, uh, as decided by the, by the local secret pol uh, polit political pol police. 
Number two of the Gulags was those to be sent to Siberia, uh, to the Gulags, the North, to the Gulags or forced labor, the Urals or to Kazakhstan. And this happened after the state went in to confiscate all of their property. And number three was those that got evicted from their houses and used in labor colonies inside of their own district. So basically what they did was they sent, uh, if they didn't shoot uh, the Kulaks on site, uh, they sent them to forced labor camps or to prison camps in Siberia, the so-called gulags. And I cannot really mention gulags without mentioning uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn's uh, famous book, The Gulag Archipelago, uh, which is a book about uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn that he served 15 years in a gulag and wrote the book, I believe, mentally at first. And when he got out, he wrote it down and he was smuggled out of the Soviet Union in the 1960s. And his book was one of those books that exposed the uh, Soviet Union for what it was and all the people uh, that got killed during the communist rule. And this uh, deculicization costs about 5 million people to die or just vanish and this led to a great famine because all the kulaks in the ukraine that they removed was the farmers and without the farmers there were no food and this led to uh, extreme um, famine and and people died from the famine and it's um, one of those things that make joseph stalin extremely terrifying as a leader and this did not end with just the uh, kulaks during stalin's raid uh, reign and through the second world war of course uh, he began the war by signing the uh, the pact with the germans that he uh, that they split up poland for example and they would not have a they had a non-aggression pact and after that he attacked Finland in the beginning of the war and and even before the war began Stalin had what is referred today as the great purge that he started to um, arrest people and make them disappear and these were all the people that basically he did not like. And this is once again, it's hard to get uh, official numbers, but they believe just during the Great Purge between 1936 and 1938, between 700 up to 1.2 million people uh, was killed or sent to the gulags and everything. So during Stalin it was terrifying and this was just people that had difference of opinion people in the press uh, scientists political opponents everybody that did not think or do as the communist party did was purged from your close being and Stalin kept this up 
even during the Second World War when uh, Germany invaded the Soviet Union during Operation Barbarossa, he um, he blamed his generals and the undersized, uh, not undersized, but under-equipped Red Army to be traitors to the cause and killed many of his generals because they couldn't stop the Germans. And this, of course, led to the siege of Leningrad and the Battle of Stalingrad, where the Russians, uh, or the Soviet Union, was actually able to hold off the Germans up to the point where they just the mass of Soviet soldiers and the now more or less functioning infrastructure of the Soviet Union was able to catch up to the German war machine and started pushing everybody back. And I know this is a brief summary of Operation Barbarossa. And maybe I'm going to do a, an episode about it in the future. But uh, Stalin was not the guy that you wanted to be a general or work under. Because if he got it in his mind that you did something that you didn't he did not appreciate well you would disappear and after the war uh, after the war this continued between uh, through all the lands that the soviets now occupied in the eastern bloc he kept this reign of terror up and he kept this on because one thing about Stalin was that he has been described as extremely paranoid for dissidents uh, internally in the population. So if there were a rumor about some resistance or some people that was not towing the communist line or maybe planning something in one in, in the Soviet Union or any of the occupied areas, they would crack down extremely hard on it. And one thing we must remember here is that during the reign of the Communist Party in Russia, especially during uh, Stalin, was that you as a citizen was always guilty. If, for example, think yourself into the situation that you live in an apartment complex, you have four or five neighbors on your floor and one of these neighbors is a political dissident. He is maybe more not uh, as much of a communist as everybody else. But you think that, yeah, you know, uh, I'm just going to take care of myself, take care of my family, and that would be it. If he got arrested you was always you were also going to get arrested because you had failed to report him to the secret police so by in that means you were guilty by association so everybody was just keeping eyes on everybody else just to be sure that if anyone started thinking wrong they got reported and then they were never talked about again. And there is actually a famous uh, movie uh, or a movie clip with Stalin in it where he 
I think it's uh, one of his yearly spe- speeches to the Communist Party, and he takes, uh, he gets up on stage and he stands in front of the podium, and everybody starts clapping because he's there, and they just keep clapping and keep clapping and keep clapping and keep clapping uh, until he very abruptly just waves his hand to like sit and stop clapping and sit down because you can see on him that he gets a little bit annoyed by it and that is because nobody wanted to be the first person to stop clapping because if you stopped clapping well according to the secret police maybe you were not as loyal as everybody else so that is a a sort of description how many people lived in the uh, soviet in the soviet union during stalin's reign and why everybody was so terrified of him and this brings us back to our concert and as I said before, this was in 1944, so this is during the Second World War, and Stalin heard the concert where his fa- uh, favorite pianist was playing. And, of course, he called Radio Moscow and said he wanted a copy of the concert. And they had not recorded. They did not tell him about this, because they knew if... They told him that they didn't record it. Everybody was going to disappear. So, in a panic, the concert hall alongside radio, uh, the radio station, they wake up, uh, Judina, the pianist, in the middle of the night. At the same time, they had sent people to all other of the, uh, the orchestra to start bringing the band back. And they brought in the conductor but he was so terrified that he kept messing up all the time so it didn't sound as it did before so they was forced to go and get a second conductor he was too drunk to play so they got a third conductor and this guy he was sleeping so he was forced in his uh, in the clothes he was sleeping I think it was a pajamas or something and he was forced to go in and play and lead the orchestra funny thing is that Maria Eugenia had been claimed later on that she was just calm through this entire ordeal and when they finally had the pianist, the orchestra and a conductor to play this the concert hall realizes that when they play this, when Stalin heard it, the concert hall was full and now it was empty. So to make it sound like the people uh, was that there were people packed in the concert hall to get the acoustics uh, correct, they started bringing people from the street, people that was never uh, gonna go to a concert or uh, see an orchestra in their life they just kept like janking people in to the concert hall to get free sitting and just watch the or- orchestra because they did not want the echo from an empty hall to mess up the recording so after filling up 
a concert hall with people from all around the city outside and this is still this is still in the middle of the night so i don't really know who what kind of people they got but they got people that was just sitting there now so they play the piano and they play the orchestra and the conductor in his pyjamas he leads it all they record it and they make a copy and they send it to stalin and everybody involved just holds their breath and hoping that he does not hear it that if he hears it and he finds something that he doesn't like everybody's dead but he listens to it and he can't hear the difference so everybody involved gets to live and maria eugenia was actually the pianist was actually uh, a woman that was um she was very open by being against um stalin and she was not punished for it uh, because after this orchestra she actually sent, uh, received a letter containing 20,000 rubles uh, sent to her by Stalin and she uh, acknowledged the gift by sending him a letter, a letter and in her letter she writes and I quote I thank you for your aid I will pray for you day and night and ask the Lord to forgive your great sins before the people and the country the lord is merciful and he'll forgive you i gave the money you gave me to the church that i attend and of quote and that is basically for people who don't understanding that this is basically giving him a middle finger and telling him that well you're an awful person and i kind of hate you and i gave your money away uh, and he wrote uh, or he read this reply letter to his inner circle and everybody in his inner circle was just preparing mentally that he was going to send maria Udina to the gulags but he didn't and yeah so she actually outlived him by 17 years and um, yeah she outlived the the dictator and i was gonna actually gonna end on a little bit of um, a fun more uh, not fun but maybe a more positive note about Stalin and that is that Stalin was in very poor health during his later years and as I, I tried to explain before it was that he was extremely feared and nobody wanted to to piss him off basically and um, he had actually had um, a purge of doctors in uh, Moscow because a lot of uh, the doctors in Moscow at the time were Jewish and Stalin he believed that the Jews was going to kill everybody and so he purged uh, Moscow of its Jewish doctors and in um, he uh, when he died he actually died uh, by what is believed to uh, be uh, a cerebral hemorrhages and that was on the 1st of march 1953 and the interesting thing about this was that 
he was at his office and uh, the guards heard during the evening that something happened in the room that it sounded like he well fell down but they were too afraid to disturb him on his office so allegedly he pissed himself and just was lying there having a massive cerebral hemorrhage or a stroke and he was just lying there until the morning after when his um, one of his aides were bringing him his breakfast so it's believed that if he had gotten help immediately he would have lived a much longer what happened here was that when they found him the morning after he was moved onto a couch and he lay there for three days one of the reasons he lay there for three days was that they couldn't find a doctor because Stalin had purged all the doctors in Moscow because he believed they would kill him if he went to the doctor and was forced to be treated by one of his ailments of being basically old and his death was on the 5th of March 1953 so it was four days of agony for the man that basically killed over 20 million people and scared a concert to playing over again to make him happy so yeah that is the story of one of the most terrifying concerts in in history and just for myself um, just to try to imagine living under a rule where if you do not report your neighbors you are going to die and now you are forced to play a concert for a dictator that if you mess up and he doesn't like it he's going to kill you and dying the way Stalin did is quite humorous I, I believe and if you actually want to see uh, dramatization of this it's a great movie it's a black comedy called the death of Stalin and it's actually in English it's, it's really funny and it actually has uh, parts of the concert and, and his death in it and it's really good I can really recommend it and yeah that is the most terrifying concert I have ever read about and uh, yeah I want to as always to thank you guys for listening and gals of course uh, if you like what you hear please follow on Spotify give us a follow on the Instagram X everything like that and if you have something special you want me to talk about or make an episode about please leave a message um, if you have time leave a rating or a review on what I do and I will uh, listen to it and make myself better or make an episode for you if you would like until next time thank you for listening and bye bye